is so so good. I don't know about you guys, but I think part of what encourages my faith uh, in that is just hearing what God is doing. You know, He's not the God of two thousand years ago doing miracles. He's not the God of eighteen hundreds or even nineteen seventy or nineteen ninety five. He's the God of today, doing stuff today, doing amazing miracles and working in our midst and on our behalf. Uh, and just following up from that a little bit is um, I got sent this email just this week from one of our life groups. Uh, and I just thought I'd encourage you guys about what's happening in our life groups and our connect groups. You know, sometimes you can think, oh, yeah, I should join a life group. But here's some evidence as to why you want to be connected to a life group. So I'm just going to read I haven't even filtered this. I've just got it. I just want to read it out. So um, <laughs> testimonies from, the la- from our life group over the last four months. Uh, the relationship with God and others. They've learned the value of family. There's stronger relationship with God and others. They have a clearer understanding of identity in Christ and purpose for this time. They're hearing God's voice clearer, being still before God, seeing God fight battles for their family, understanding obedience and its benefits. Wow. Protection for family away from New Zealand. There's strength, revelation, and support from the life group, especially when the life group became weekly. Uh, They've seen healing, healing of severe nausea, of thyroid issues. They've seen provision financially, uh, refund of salary that was deducted during level four lockdown, uh, a very high tax refunds that were unexpected, a new car. Who needs a new car? Join a life group, man. (laughs) Three members got jobs in the last three months. Come on. You know, sometimes there's an obedience step you need to take before God actually Things happen, you know. Uh, they, one had lost their job and one got a jo- new job before the wage, sub- wage subsidies payments ran out. Supernatural financial provision during the last four months. Expenses and income don't add up. Wow. So if your income is coming in and your expenses and it's not working out, join a life group. Member didn't have work during lockdown but got two unexpected lump sum payments that helped take care of the family uh, a new laptop just at the beginning of Level 4 lockdown that enabled the member to watch Netflix, uh, sorry, watch <laughs> Sunday services and attend Life Group online. <laughs> Come on. Supernatural progress in writing a thesis. Oh, yeah. Man, if you're on a PhD, join a Life Group. Have a blessed week. That's from Emma as well. She's here. I don't know if she's here. Oh, she's here. Yeah, Emma. Yeah, she's doing an amazing job with the Central Life Group. Look, just want to read that out because sometimes, you know, you can be reluctant and think, oh, is it for me? I don't know, man. All that stuff's for me. I want all those things. Those are great reasons to join um, a life group. Great. Hey, well, this morning we're going to go into our final part of uh, the final command, part three. So... <clears throat> I'm going to actually, it's really warm up here. I'm going to take this off. Final command, part three. And I'm really looking forward to preaching because um, I've been on holiday, as you guys know, around the North Island, uh, trekking around in our motorhome throughout Rotorua and Taupo and New Plymouth and other places um, and that. But it's exciting to be back. You know, as is a way, I was thinking about the Word of God um, and that ends. I know Pastor Tark often says, you know, we don't need another message. And it's true, we've heard so many messages. But there's a part of my heart that thinks as well that we're called to preach the Word of God, that we shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel because it is the power for salvation, that there's something in the gospel that speaks yesterday, today, and tomorrow that will only bring the freedom and the revelation and the power we need through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'm excited to preach this morning because I think God has a message for you. You know, we don't just come to, to, to enjoy it. And man, we enjoy it. I've heard of the worship this morning, that testimony. 
but there's something that God wants to speak to us. His word is fresh. That's what it's called. It's a living word. It's, there's power in this book. And so this morning, I just feel there's going to be something that sticks into your heart, sticks into your soul. Maybe it's a word that comes through. Maybe it's a scripture, or maybe it's just a parable or something that comes out. But I don't know about you. I need the word of God. I need to hear what God is saying. I need my Christian life to be powered by the fuel and the word and the power of God every day, every moment, because otherwise it's dead religion. And religion didn't save anybody. It might have helped reformed you a little bit, but it's not the power of God unto salvation. Anyway, all right, let's preach. Let's pray. Let's just pray. Lord, Father God, we thank you that, Lord, you have already made a way for us. God, you've gone before us. Lord, you've, you've gone to the cross. You've saved us. You've redeemed us. But today, God, your Holy Spirit is here. Lord, you're speaking to us, God. You're drawing us closer. Thank you, God, that we're always on a journey closer to you. And Father, even if we feel this morning that we're, we've, we've missed your voice or, or you've passed us by or we're just unsure of what the next step is, I pray this morning, God, you would give us clarity, you would give us victory, you would give us strength, and we would hear your voice to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Mark 16, 15 to 18 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And we know this scripture. We know this verse. uh, But it's true that the more we engage with mission, the more of the incredible things of God begin to happen. Uh, We've heard over the last few weeks, you know, the church that doesn't evangelize will Fossilize, And I think it's true of every believer. Those that we don't share our faith, we probably fossilize a little bit as well. And uh, we need to be shaken out of our comfort zone. We heard last week from Susie. Well, I didn't, but you guys heard from Susie, who I heard was amazing, by the way. She was amazing? Yeah, she's great, man. It was awesome. I heard it was great. Never underestimate what God can do through a simple act of services that you do for his kingdom. You know, whether we think it's significant or not, in God's eyes and in God's hands, sometimes the smallest things are the most significant things. Sometimes the smallest act of kindness or the smallest act of obedience to God can make a huge difference. I got sent an article while I was, while I was away on holiday, and it read, most modern-day revivals and spiritual awakenings are in non-Western countries. The question was why. And a USA research-based group says, of the hundreds of spiritual awakenings monitored by this group of researchers in recent years, less than 1% are located within the boundaries of Western society and culture. And as I was reading, I was getting a little bit like, ooh, that sucks, I'm in the Western country. Uh, But God, I started reading and going, no, God, we're going to see a change. I believe we need to see that change. Because I believe that, as we've heard Tark preach over the last few years, we're a, we might be a sleeping church, but we are a sleeping giant. That God has this, has this awakening that's taking place in our hearts. And I, re, I reckon it's time for a change. And besides, I love a good challenge. I don't know about you, but I love a challenge. I love it when it's a little bit hard. It's not all easy. Um, I think that's why I got into ministry and why I left engineering and fixing planes uh, and that is because I loved fixing things, and I felt like, man, maybe I can contribute something to this area of the church, of ministry. And it's not in my own strength, but through God's strength, maybe there's some re-engineering, some, some refixing, some changing of things, but I want to see a change in my time. But we must understand that this is not a natural battle. This is a spiritual battle. 
You know, this is a spiritual battle. There's a tug of war going on right now. Acts 26, 15 to 18 says, Then I asked, this is Saul talking to God, Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. It's really important we understand this aspect that there are people that are under the power of Satan that need to come under the power of God. The Bible says that Satan roars, walks around roaring like a lion to seek who he can devour. You know, there's people right now that are living under that darkness. Don't We know that, right? There's, there's people probably you know right now that are walking under a cloud of darkness, walking under the power of Satan that don't even know that they need God but they are walking in a lost eternity. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need the power of God. That's why the church needs the power of God. That's why we need the Holy Spirit, because we can't do it in our own effort, in our own strength. We can re-engineer the church, but without the Holy Spirit at the center, it's just going to be another organization. You know. But we need the Holy Spirit to be moving in our lives and in our church. But it starts with an understanding that this is a spiritual battle. This is a spiritual tug of war, but God has the upper hand. And our calling is to rescue as many people as we can, not just to be a good church, but to be a place that sees people come transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God, to move from where they are, stuck wherever they are, into a place where God has freedom, has purpose, has life abundant, has a meaning for them. You know, when we were away on holiday, I got a text from a friend of mine who used to be the leader of uh, YWAM in Tauranga, and he was actually here visiting the church. And he sent me a message and said, man, just came with our family last Sunday and just want to let you know, man, we had a, a great time. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad he had a good time. Um, he said, uh, just loved meeting people. You know, you've got, a, you've got a, a great church of real authentic relationships. We felt so welcome. We had an awesome time, man. God is doing some great things in your church. And it's just from someone outside that's part, that had been part of a, a huge organization to say that about your church was really, I felt really, really, um, I felt good. I felt, man, God, that's great. It's great to know that you're doing stuff. But at the same time, I kind of came away going, man, I wonder though, God, can we be a church that evangelizes our city? Can we be a church that, can we be a Christian? Can we be a group that reaches our city because they need Jesus? We can be a place that loves and cares, and we need to be those things. Church, we need to be those things. We need to be a place where people feel welcomed no matter who they are, no matter what they've done, no matter what their background is, no matter what they feel that they have done. They can come in here and feel cared, connected, can feel loved. They need that. But at the same time, can we have a culture where we share our faith day in, day out, week in, Come on, this isn't just about doing church. Can we be a place and a culture where we're stirring one another to actually be bold in our faith and to share what we have? Man, imagine if that was our culture, that every day, every week, we go out thinking, who am I sharing God's love with? Who am I sharing this hope that I have in God with? I want to declare this morning that the city campus needs to be known as a place that evangelizes its city, that reaches Auckland with the love of God. That needs to be a culture that we established in our church. And if we're not ashamed of the gospel, that'll be something that we can do with no problem, no fuss, no hassles, because it's something that God has called us 
to be. Um, there's an amazing story in the 1980s of the Olmos prison in Argentina. It had, a murder, it had murderous inmates. Church of Satan held regular services and there was no Christian inmates. Pastor Juan, I think you say it, tried to get entry to hold meetings but, ref, but was refused. He applied to the guard to be a guard, but they turned him down. God gave him a breakthrough when a prison officer went into an asthmatic arrest and he began to suffocate. Juan laid hands on him and he was healed. And he got the job of holding evangelistic meetings. And he had about a thousand, about a hundred inmates came to the meeting and gave their hearts to Christ. In a few years, 60% of the inmates had given their lives to Jesus and become Christians. The Church of Satan closed down. It became one of the largest prison churches in the world with 1,400 members. So many of these inmates got saved and became passionate about the final command that they transferred them to other prisons, which were also transformed by the power of the gospel. Soon authorities asked Juan to start uh, the first Christian prison in the nation, and they called it Christ the Only Hope Prison. What a name for a prison. (laughs) Christ the Only Hope Prison. Man, I want to go there. It sounds, I mean, not that I want to go there, but it sounds amazing, right? Like, oh, man. Repeat offending dropped from 50% to 5%. Like, you do the math on that, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. That's incredible. Inmates fasted two days a week, and with the savings from the food, they fed hungry children in the local community. Stepping into the harvest field is key to unlocking God's power. In your life, And in our church, that's the key. Man, sometimes we wait for God to just, you know, send the fire, send the power. Here we are, God, we're ready. God's just ready, man. He's ready, but he's saying, step out. Step out. Do something. Go there, you know. We need to step into the mission field God has put us into. Sometimes there's no power because we don't step out. You know, recently we had a missions night here at the church uh, and we heard some amazing stories of what God is doing overseas in Romania, uh, also through another lady that's doing some work with the homeless. Uh, and you can just tell that God's power is filling them because of them stepping out in obedience to the Holy Spirit on mission. The early church was full of mission. It was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we need a deep conviction of Acts 4.12, which says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, which we must be saved. You know, if we're really convinced of that, that there was no other name which we must be saved, I think our priority for mission, our priority to share our faith would start to go up and up, knowing that the only solution that people's needs comes through Jesus Christ, comes through salvation. Uh, Luke eleven thirty nine says, Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did, you, did not the one who made the outside also make the inside? But now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. You know, I read that when I was doing my recent just morning readings, and I read that and thought, man, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Just this kind of this moment I had with God going, why do I not be a bit more active in giving to the poor? Why is it something that I think belongs to some department at the church or belongs to some non-profit? Why don't I take responsibility for giving to the poor? And I think if we honestly asked ourselves that, there's probably something we can all do. I mean, I, I know I've been thinking about that and going, man, oh God, I need to do something here. I don't, I, need, I don't need to go out and try and, you know, feed every person in the city, but I can do something about feeding the poor. 
and then everything will be clean for you. Man, what a promise. I don't know why I haven't stepped into it, to be honest, but there's something in that that we need to take as a Western church. How do I put that into practice? You know, the New Testament church, they had a focus on, they, the New Testament church focused on the outward and the church grew. Today, we have often a focus on how do we build the church, and often it doesn't always grow. I think we've got things sometimes around the wrong way. The mark of a great church is a quote, is not exceeding capacity, but it's sending capacity. We need to see a church that is sending and sending and sending, whether it's to the streets here in Parnell and up and down the road, whether it's to people walking down Queen Street, whether it's in your neighborhood, wherever it is, there needs to be a part of us where we are sending, sending ourselves, but also as a church, sending. And we see this, you know, we see this principle of loving and caring in the Good Samaritan. The religious people passed by, but the one who stopped and showed compassion was the one that, focused, uh, that Jesus focused on in the story. Reaching out with the love of God will help keep our heart fresh and our faith fresh in God. So I encourage you to you know, break your routine sometimes. Sometimes it means just driving home a different way from work. Sometimes it means just going for a walk in the morning. Uh, sometimes it means just changing it up where you go and get your coffee. You know? maybe, there's a, maybe there's a case of just doing things a little bit different to try and see, God, where are you leading me to? Sometimes it's those little routines in life that we think often, oh, it's this big thing I need to change. Maybe it's just changing something small. You know, maybe it's convenient to go and get coffee with your friends at work, but actually there's a person that God wants you to actually reach out to that you could do. That might be a little bit inconvenient, but actually that's the place God wants you to go. You know, recently um, I've been going down here to the, the, uh, contain, the, the cafe just open, just next to the church, um, which while I'm talking about it, if you can, Spend a few minutes, go and get a coffee from the local neighbour and support the support local. Um, but I went down there a couple of weeks ago and had a chat to him. And then we went down and we got coffee uh, a couple of weeks after church. And we just had a good chat. And, that, and I told him about the church. And uh, he told me just the, just the other day that, oh, we came to your church last week and brought the kids. And they were here and, and came along to the church. And I thought, man, that's amazing. Uh, and without knowing it, I've been thinking, man, I've been praying for this guy, and we've been building this relationship, but here he is, turning up to the church while we're away. It wasn't hard. What I'm trying to say is it wasn't hard. All I went and did was bought a couple of coffees, built a bit of a, you know, a bit of a relationship, and in the end, he came to church. You know, sometimes it's not difficult. We make it really complicated, but God makes it really, really easy. Uh, while we're away on holiday, I... Um, I, uh, in, a, in our motorhome, you know, we've got a, every now and then you need to empty out all of the, uh, the wastewater from the motorhome. I thought, how do I bring a motorhome into my preaching this Sunday morning? Here we go. So we were, we were away on holiday and we, we stopped up and, uh, and we, had, we, we needed to empty out all the water. So I pulled up and there was another guy using the empty waste station and he had this, this house bus type thing and we got talking. And um, anyway, we just started talking about motorhomes. And me being a two-week-old motorhome owner, I had a lot of questions. And he looked a bit experienced. So we started talking about it. And, uh, and anyway, we, you know, we were just talking about it. And, that, and I asked him a whole lot of questions. You know, oh, do you have solar panels? Um, you know, oh, yeah, have you got a, what size TV's inside your motorhome? And, um, you know, how, much, how big is your fresh water tank? All these, like, great questions when you own a motorhome. Anyway, so we started talking about all this. Um, but then at some point I just said to him, oh, yeah, we've only had ours for two weeks. Uh, and he said, oh, yeah, I bought mine when I divorced. I was like, oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, anyway. So the next 10 minutes he starts sharing about his whole uh, life story. 
And, you know, he'd separated from his wife. They lived on the North Shore and they um, and she'd bought a house. He'd bought a motorhome and he's travelling around. And, you know, if you, if you listen, you think, well, he's, he's, he's enjoying it. But I felt the Holy Spirit say, this guy's desperately lonely. You know, here he is. He's, he's, he's divorced. He's on his own. He's driving around. He's putting on a smile. But, man, who do you talk to when you're driving around like that? What kind of friends does this guy have? And I just felt the Holy Spirit say, take your time. That was the words I got, was just take your time. Don't preach, just take your time. So for the next, I don't know, the next way too long, because when I got back, Katie was a bit mad that I'd taken so long. <laughs> just saying. Oh, she's here. So anyway, we, we got talking and we just started sharing. And, and after a while, I realized, man, this guy, he's, he just needs someone to talk to. There's probably people in your life that just need someone to talk to, you know? There's probably people right now in your world, in your job, in your, in your neighbours, in your family, they just need someone to talk to. You know, they, don't, they don't need perhaps a gospel message right now. Maybe they do, but they may not. They may just need someone to listen to them. And anyway, we spent time and just talked with him. And, that, and, um, and, and at the end, I, I kind of just wished him well. I just said, hey, I, I, hope you, you know, I hope your journey goes really, really well. And, uh, and, that, and he just said to me, man, it's... Um, yeah, you, you too. It's been really good talking. It's been really, really good talking. And, and anyway, I, I did our whole um, emptying out the stuff and I drove off. And I was thinking about this over the last week going, oh, I didn't pray for him. Oh, I didn't, I didn't prophesy over him that, you know, he's, he's, I, didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't tell him about Jesus. I was thinking about all these things I should have done. Has anyone ever done it? You walked away and gone from a conversation. Oh, I should have. And I was just thinking, I, mean, I felt God say you did exactly what he needed. And, that, and I was just like, oh, man, God. And I think sometimes that's a little bit what it's like when we're in the final command. Yeah, there's a time to share your faith, to pray for someone. But there's also a time just to be sensitive to God. What does this person need right now? And it's actually made me realize, man, I just need to pray that this guy ends up having another conversation, that he runs into another person and then another person. And actually, over time, he realizes that people don't always hate each other. That life, yeah, it can be unfair, but there's always hope, you know. And I just thought, man, God, yeah. And so I've put them on my list of people to pray for in that. And, um, and I just thought, man, sometimes all it takes is a conversation. You know, sometimes all it takes is a willingness to just listen as to what's happening. We don't need to be the people that can evangelize to every person that we come across. It's not about Bible bashing or about trying to, you know, force them. It's actually just about being available to God, hearing the Holy Spirit and being willing to share what we have. And the truth was, I was just going to get all the rid of the waste in our motorhome. I wasn't there going to find someone to get saved. I was just there to do a job. But God brought this person along my track. You know, so you don't often it's not a case of having to really set things up. Just just do where God, wherever you are, God can use you. Dropping the kids to school, you know, being in a sports game, being uh, visiting some friends or family, wherever it is, there can be moments along that. There will be moments along that where God is aligning things so that you can actually just enter into that and have a conversation, listen, and maybe, maybe there will be a chance to share your faith or to pray or something like that. Cool. Hey, well, sometimes we can feel, though, that this can be really, really uh, overwhelming. So I'm just going to share three keys as to uh, a way that I feel is really helpful in sharing our faith in this final command series. So we're going to have a video um, from the amazing evangelist Jay John, and as we I cover this video. I'm just going to share some points from that. So, uh, if you guys have got that, let's. Hey. 
caring and sharing. Sharing, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, sowing seed, everywhere. I, I went with a friend of mine to a monastery. We decided we'd go to a monastery, have a, like a three-day retreat, spend a lot of time praying and walking and reading the Bible. And uh, uh, we, we, we were housed in the guest house of the monastery. And in the guest house, there was about eight other guests and, and my friend Greg and me. We, we arrived tired and we wanted this kind of like, almost like a special sacred retreat. And I didn't want to engage with people. And I said to him, look, we won't engage with people because we want to, you know, protect our time. And uh, so we're at the first meal in the guest house. And uh, one guy, guest, says to another guest, why have you come here? He says, I've come to the monastery because I've heard that you can find God in places like this. The other guy said, I don't believe it. That's why I've come to the monastery. I've come to find God. Then he says to me, what do you do? <laughs> now, you know, uh, what, 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 what could I say? Well, actually, that's what I do for a living. I introduce people to God. He went, no. I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we introduced them all to Jesus. Right, yeah, yeah. But here's... Look, here's the point. The point was this. I didn't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, I'm going to a monastery, so I'm going to go and evangelize somebody in the monastery. That's what I'm going to do. No, I'm, I'm just normal. I'm just, like, chilled. I'm just relaxed. I don't like... It's like wherever you go, you carry the presence of the Lord, and wherever it is, you are praying you're caring and you're sharing, you're articulating the gospel and you're trying to respond as the Spirit prompts you. Now, I, I did a mission at Sydney University and uh, I, spent, I, I went through a phase of doing lots of universities all over the world. And I was at Sydney and uh, I spoke one meeting. At the end of the meeting, someone was asking me a question and this girl came up, interrupted us rudely. And she said, I hated what you said. I said, oh, I'm really sorry you, you feel that. She said, yes. She says, church ruins people's lives. So I said, oh, I'm really sorry that you, that's what you think. I said, have you got a few minutes? And she's like, why? I said, well, if you've got a few minutes, I said, I'll take you for a coffee. She said, well, I don't know. I said, well, look, you'll have to make up your mind. <laughs> You know, because I'm going to, I'm not going to wait here all day. So tell me. And she said, all right. So we went for a coffee. So I said, look, why, why are you so angry? And it's like, you know, all this vomit comes out. So I said to her, look, why don't you come on Tuesday, hear me speak, and we'll go for coffee. And she goes, ah, oh, I don't know. She came, we went for coffee. So I said, why don't you come Wednesday, hear me speak, and we'll go for coffee. She goes, well, I'll think about it. She came, we went for coffee. I said, why don't you come Thursday, hear me speak, we'll go for coffee. She says, I think I'll come. So she came, went for coffee. I said, why don't you come and hear me Friday, and we'll go for coffee. She said, I'm definitely coming. Friday, converted. Okay, 
That girl, that girl lives very near here. Her name is Christine Kane. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. She runs a charity called A21 Anti-Human Trafficking. She is a dynamo. She's probably one of the most remarkable, I mean, just amazing, just amazing. She travels the world, that what she's doing for anti-human trafficking in Europe is astonishing, right? But anyway, but here's the point. Here, the point was this, the point was this, five coffees. Five coffees. That did it. That did it. I thought the talks would have done it. <laughs> I mean, they were pretty good talks. Sometimes it takes five talks and five coffees. Sometimes it's a coffee. Sometimes it's a talk. They are all links in the chain. So good. Isn't that great? Five coffees. I love that story. And I love what he shared. So simple. Prayer, care, and share. Prayer, care, and share. And just touching on those points for a little bit, we take the first point, prayer. The first step is to point people to Jesus through prayer. You know, praying for your street, praying for your kids. We have a list on our toilet, actually, for that says how to pray for your kids on the inside when you sit down. Um, it's better than going on your phone, just saying. Sit down and pray for your kids. And, uh, and that prayer works. As we've heard this morning from Dashi, prayer works. When you pray, things take place. The first thing about prayer, though, is that it prepares us. John 15, 5 says, Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I'm constantly finding myself turning to God for his help in prayer. For thing. Oh, I can't run a church without the Holy Spirit in me. I can't. Fix anyone with the good skills I have unless the Holy Spirit's in me. I can't be the father or the husband that I want to be without the Holy Spirit's help. But also, I can't share my faith without the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to be a witness, to help me to be a witness. Now, I remember a time when I thought if I was just really, really onto it, and then I was really funny, and then I was really confident, and also really theological, and really, really um, you know, sharp, then I could share my faith. Maybe we'll have enough of everything to just share enough of the goodness of God. It'll come out perfectly, and they'll be like, oh, I don't know, someone tell me this before, and they'll fall over, just like they do with those big crusades, and I'll be like, see, I got it. That's how you share your faith. Guess what? It doesn't work like that. That never works. That's ne- that's, if we think like that, we'll never do anything. Never do anything. God just wants Jesus where we're at, but it starts with prayer because prayer is where God interacts with us. He starts to fill us with his Holy Spirit. The key is to abide in him. Apart from him, you can't do it on your own. But with him, anything is possible. Secondly, prayer also prepares others. Ephesians 1.18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he has called, his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. You know, we can pray that people get a revelation of God and salvation. Encourage you actually to pray like that. Pray for someone you know that they'll be flooded with light. That's a great prayer to pray. You can even put their name in there. Lord, I pray that, you know, so-and-so, someone you know gets flooded with light. Prayer prepares their heart. Uh, But we can't just stop at prayer. So we go from prayer and then we go into care. 
or at least we should definitely go into prayer. Matthew 22, 37, 39 says, Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, being like Jesus, caring like he did is crucial to understanding God's call on your life. Jesus told his disciples, love one another as you have loved. As I have loved you, so love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. He didn't say by your accomplishments, people will know you're my disciples. He didn't say by your church attendance, everyone will know that you are my disciples. Or by your theology, everyone will know you are my disciples. By your love. By your love. Love translated as an action. Love is a doing thing. It's a caring thing. The Apostle Paul explains what it looks like to put on the new self, which is being renewed in the image of its creator. Colossians 3.12 says, As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And concludes with, uh, and with over all of these things, put on love, which binds them together. Uh, There's a great quote that says, Great opportunities to help others seldom come up but small ones come around every single day. And it's true, every single day there's an opportunity to care for the people that are around us. And if we get really practical about that, even this week, what is an act of kindness we can do to build a bridge to someone that we know? What's that simple act of kindness we can do to build a bridge into someone's life that shows that we care, to show them that we're thinking about them? You know, there's that saying, hey, preach, and if necessary, use words. You know, let your light shine so that they'll see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So our kindness should point people to Jesus. And lastly, sharing. But I just want to share another way on sharing. You know, we think about prayer, and we need to pray because it prepares us, it prepares people. We think about caring because that is the result of getting closer to God. We feel his heart for those that need compassion and kindness. But lastly is sharing. And the thought with I want to have with sharing uh, is actually a little bit different than normal. It's Matthew 5.21 says, You've heard it said, do not murder. And then in verse 22, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. You know, most people I reckon that we work with in our, in, in our places that we work, people know, they would agree with a lot of things that we agree. Oh, don't murder? Yeah. Man, I'm not going to murder. Uh, uh, do not commit adultery. Yep, that's a good one. You know, most people you know, if they're not a Christian, they'll probably be like, yeah, that's good stuff. But then Jesus comes along and says, but I tell you, don't be angry. But I tell you, don't even lust in your heart. But I tell you, don't even take an oath. Just let a yes be yes and a no be no. Jesus takes it a step further and he actually puts it in a way that's saying, hey, this is what it looks like to be a follower of me. It's to actually not be angry when you could be angry. It's to actually not uh, desire the things that you don't really need. To actually not tell a lie when no one's really going to notice. Jesus comes along and he gives a whole other shift on this. And he's saying, yeah, you've heard not to, not to murder, not to lie. But I tell you another way. That's the difference about sharing your faith. That's the thing that people see wherever God's put you. That's the stuff they can see and go, what's different about you? You don't get angry when everyone else is getting angry. You're not lying about the boss at work when everyone else is just giving them a heart. That's the stuff that you're sharing when we're following Jesus Christ, when we're prayer, prayer, care, and sharing. That's the kind of things that makes us different and shine the light of God's love wherever God has put us. So I want to encourage you this morning, when it comes to prayer, care, and share, look at it as something that we can all achieve. We can all do this. 
uh, and we can all be part of making a difference in evangelizing this city and this place that God has put us into and the community and the places God has put us. We need to be a church and a people who notice the moments and take them when they arise. So as I close this morning and as the worship team just come up, you know, we need to understand we're in a spiritual battle. This starts with an understanding that people are walking in the kingdom of darkness, but they need to come into the kingdom of light, into God's kingdom. God has made a way through the cross, enabling us to come to him. You know, we are known as a church of a place that has authentic relationships. People are welcome, but let's be known as a place and as a people that evangelize week in and week out, that share the faith and the hope that we have. And as we go out into our week, remember, we need to pray. Pray that we're ready. Pray that we hear God's voice and we take those moments. Pray that the people that we share with, that God brings us alongside, are ready. Pray that they'll be softened to God's touch. We need to care. You know, we can all do something. There's something we can do this week that can build a bridge into someone else's life, that can open the doorway for them to hear the message. And lastly, we can share. We can share through the testimony that God's given us, through our own hope. You know, the hope that you have is the hope that people need. That is the reason that I love sharing what God has done in my life. It's because God has done something. And that's the hope we all have. And, you know, whether it's words or whether it's just in the way that we live, people will see that hope and see that faith that we have in God and will fulfill this final command that God has placed on us and as a church. Come on, why don't we stand this morning and uh, I'm just going to pray, you know, pray that God really meets us this morning in a place where we know that God is speaking to us individually, that we can all be part of what God is asking us to do in this final command. So, you know, why don't you just close your eyes this morning, church? Father, we just acknowledge our great need for you today, God. Lord, we, uh, we're so thrilled that, God, you've brought us on a journey as a church. Lord, that here we are in this place, in this great building. We thank you, God, that you've provided so much along the way. We thank you for the testimonies this morning of your faithfulness, of your miracle-working power. We thank you, God, that you are doing miracles today. Lord, that your power is so real. Lord, we thank you, God, Lord, for the different connect groups and the, and the, the amazing stories we're hearing in this church. But Father God, we pray, help us to be a church that evangelizes its city. Help us to be a church that is alive, Lord God, that wants to share the hope and the faith that we have in you. Help us to hear your voice this week, God. Lord, I pray when there are moments this week that come up, that we would take those moments, God. I pray whether it's a conversation, whether it's just listening to someone, Lord God, whether it's just having a heart of compassion and giving something or someone or going over and above. Father, we pray, Holy Spirit, help us not to just be people that are doing the church thing, but God, are walking every day with you. Lord, we just ask, God, would you soften our hearts, God? We want to see a move of God in this time, in this day. Lord, that's our heart's desire. Lord, your kingdom would come. Your will would be done, heaven on earth. Oh, God, Lord, that is your desire for this church, for this city. Father God, so we just pray, Lord, we thank you, God, that you have made a way. But Lord, we pray, give us the courage to step out this week. 
Lord, when that, when that moment happens, God, and it's going to happen, Lord, when there's someone that you bring along our path this week, Lord, help us to step out in faith. Help us to meet them at their need, Lord God. Lord, take off the, the mindset or the expectations of some weird concept of what it means to be evangelizing. Lord, help us to just take a step, Lord, and to share the faith that we have. Father, we pray that you would do more and more miracles and wonders in our midst, Lord God. We pray that in this church there would be signs and wonders, there would be healings, there would be things taking place every week that would be evidence of the power of God in this day. Lord, we just ask, God, would you come, Lord, like never before? Lord, our nation needs you. We need you. Lord, our schools need you. Our, our families need you. Our marriages need you. So, Lord, we just pray, God, would you come? Lord, would you move like never before? We thank you, God, that you're working in this time. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I reckon we need to just finish by lifting up the name of Jesus. So we're just going to go straight into that. Song.